Hello, everyone. Welcome to Refuge Fellowship. It's just great to be here. Now, today's message is defining faith. So if you're watching on our live stream, as you think of a word that would define your faith, I would ask that you would type it in. And then as we go through the message, if more words come to your mind, what it means for defining faith, type it in and share with each other what it means to define your faith. So if you've got your Bibles, please grab them. You're going to need a Bible. Here at Calvary Chapel, we go through God's Word, verse by verse. And this week, we're going to start in John 1.1. And just to give a quick introduction, I'm really excited to teach back through the Gospels here in Chiang Mai. Today, again, we'll be in John 1.1. So if you've got your Bibles, make sure and grab them. And we will continue to teach through this verse by verse. And we're going to go through all four Gospels. But we're going to do that in chronological order. So as we go through the Gospels, some weeks as we go through it, maybe um, the story of Jesus will be in different Gospels, maybe two or three or sometimes rarely four. So what happens is I will pick one of the stories and then I will teach through that and then use the other Gospel stories as a reference. So I encourage you as we go through this verse by verse in chronological order to go ahead and read ahead even because that way you'll know where I'm going to be next week. So you know if I'm in John 1, 1 through 18 this week, next week I'll be doing the two introductions both from Matthew and from Luke. So make sure and look ahead and you can read ahead. Uh, this week again will be in John 1, 1. So we know that each gospel usually has an introduction or maybe a, a summary explaining what they're going to write about. And so I didn't mention um, Matthew, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mention one of the uh, Gospels because we're not going to get into that much later. Actually, which one is it here? We'll study Luke and Matthew, but it won't be much later until we get into Mark because he starts the story of Jesus much, much later. So again, the title of the message today is Defining Faith. So I want everyone just to take a moment and think in your mind, how would you define your faith? How would you define your faith if you were to explain it to another person? Would you begin by defining your faith by going, well, I define my faith by saying I'm a Christian? Is that how you would define your faith? Unfortunately, as I think about this, defining your faith by saying you're a Christian would be difficult because, unfortunately, there's many people that would profess to be Christians that don't necessarily believe in the same Jesus as we do. One example is the Mormons. They would say they're Christian. There's so, also, there's so many people out there that would profess to be Christians, but they don't live a life that would be submitted to God's word. Jesus is truly not Lord of their life. So again, as I think about that, how would you define your faith? Maybe you would say, I would define my faith by saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. So, I mean, you think about it, it sounds good, but even, unfortunately, in today's world, this follower of Jesus has been hijacked. There's cults like the Jehovah Witnesses, and there's other ones that would also say the same thing. They say, oh, we're followers of Jesus. But we know, unfortunately, they serve a different Jesus. I want to look at a scripture real quick. If you've got your Bibles, just hold your finger on John and turn over to 2 Corinthians. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, verse 
chapter 11, verse 14 and 15. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. If there's so many out there proclaiming to be Christian in the world around us, but yet they're not really Christians. In fact, they're, they're worshiping Satan. So how do we define our faith? We, could, we talked about you could say you're a Christian. You could say you're a follower of Jesus. This is true. But what is the true definition of our faith? These things are true, but the problem is in society, people say, oh, I'm a Christian, but they're not really Christian. They say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but these other cults, they say this, and they're, they're followers of a different, different Jesus. So as you answer that question in your mind, how would you share that with others? We have to look at the Bible. If we want a biblical definition of how to define our faith, we've got to turn to the Word of God. And we've got to see and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. So let's start by praying, and then we're going to get into God's Word in John chapter 1. Heavenly Father, as we begin today's message, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal deep truths to us, Lord. As we start this uh, book of John and the verses today, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we would have a deeper understanding of who you are. And Lord, as we, we build that foundation through, the word of, through your Bibles, our Word of God, that, Lord, we would just come to know more and more who we are through you. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would use this time and use this message to, to speak to us. And if there's anyone out there that's wondering, what is it to be a Christian? Or who is Jesus? Because it's so confusing in our world today. There's so many twisted thoughts, and Satan has taken it and twisted it. They would see through the Word of God who Jesus is, what it is to be a Christian, that true definition, that true of who we are. So, Lord, I pray you use this time, and as we define our faith, our faith in Jesus, Lord, we would, again, we'd go to the Word of God, and your Holy Spirit would reveal to everyone listening, Lord, who is, who is it that we've placed our faith in? And what has he done for each one of us? In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your Bibles open to John chapter 1, let's read the first two verses. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. In just the first few verses here, we already start to learn a definition of our faith. It's Jesus, right? And immediately we learn that Jesus, he had no beginning. He had no end. He, in fact, he's completely outside of time. More than that, he's the creator of time. Look, look at the passage again. We also learn that everything known and unknown in existence was made by Jesus. He was present when this was made. Turn to Genesis, very first chapter. Genesis 1.1. Get your Bibles there. Are you there? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Just turn one page over in my Bible. Look at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Our God 
to define our God. He exists outside of the beginning of time and the end of time. He made the beginning, and it is him who would determine the end even. So turn to, speaking of the end, turn to Revelation. All the way back. Genesis to Revelation. Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Can you try to comprehend this? Just think about this, who God is, who Jesus is. Before time, before existence, Jesus existed. And it's referred to here as we start in our text as the word or thought. He, his existence is even before God revealed himself to the world in the form of man, which is Jesus. He existed before this. John is explaining these verses clearly that Jesus is God. And then John is trying to explain or define to the, us, the readers, who Jesus is. Think about this. How would you describe the one who has created existence, time itself, life itself? How would you describe that? How would you describe the one that has given the breath of life to every living creature? How do you describe that? What word would you use? In John here, he uses the word word. (laughs) It's logos. It's translated. And it says speech, principle, or thought. In Greek philosophy, it's also referred as a universal divine reason or the mind of God. This is, he's saying that Jesus existed before the, even the thought of Jesus existed. It's kind of hard to comprehend. So this description he's trying to use, it includes all the different ways that we could imagine or we could think in our, our finite minds of something to exist. From words, speech, principle, or even in our thoughts. Jesus' existence covers all of this and much more than we can ever understand at this time, much less communicate in word or thought or speech. Jesus, again, existed before thought itself. Now, John has so much more he wants to teach us. So let's read verse 3. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So we just learned through the text that Jesus is outside of time and space, And was present in the beginning. But in verse 3, we learn there was Jesus who created the very existence. And nothing could exist without God creating it through Jesus. You got your Bibles. Keep your finger on John. Turn over to Colossians 1, 15. We're going to look all the way through 17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can't see and the things we can't see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him for him. Verse 17. He existed before anything else and holds all creation together. As we read these scriptures and we start to further define who Jesus is, I hope your mind expands a little bit as you think about this and we read these verses. Because so often we define Jesus, people say, who is Jesus? Who has your faith been placed in? We think, well, Jesus, he's the one that died for our sins. He's the one that rose from the grave, defeating death and sin. 
This is all true. This is who Jesus is, and this is what he's done for each one of us. Um, if you ask another person, maybe, who is Jesus? They say, well, Jesus is God. We talked about that. Yes. So we know Jesus is God, but what did he do? Who is he? Who is the one that died in the place, your place, for your sins? Again, I ask you, how would you define Jesus? We know he's the one that's always existed. We know now that he's the one that's created all existence. We also know that Jesus is the one that's loved each one of us so much that he gave his life for us, and he wants to have a personal relationship with us. But let's continue. John's going to share a lot more. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John goes a a step further. He explains that Jesus was the one who actually gave life to all the created things. So we read before that creation was through God, through Jesus. But now we see that through Jesus, it was him who gave life to all these created things. So now we have all these created things, but now there's life. Think about that. How do you define that? Look at verse 4 again. It says, also Jesus brought life, light to us. It says the light revealed could not known before. So we see that Jesus is the light. And we also notice that he is self-revealing. It's amazing that Jesus himself, through his testimony and through what he's done, is revealing God to us and the promises that we have. Jesus, through his life, death, resurrection, he gave the world hope, a promise, a spiritual rebirth. This promise right here is shown to us through Jesus' life, and it's being revealed because he is the light. The truth of God's promise was revealed through Jesus. Now, as we read about this hope, John also mentions darkness. Do you see that? He mentions darkness in these verses. I'd like to reference John Piper as he talks about what is this darkness. He said, The darkness is the world of evil and unbelief and death and judgment. In John 3.19, it says, This is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So darkness is the power of evil and unbelief. We do live in a fallen world. We live in a world full of darkness. But again, this comes to us just praising God and thanking God that Jesus came to us and the truth of hope that we have in Jesus shines so brightly. The light of Jesus has made known to all of us. The promise of eternal life through faith is offered to all of us. This hope. This revealing of Jesus, we see in this verse, can never, ever be overtaken. So as we, again, as we continue through these verses, I hope our understanding of who Jesus is is starting to uh, grow a little bit. We should have a little more wisdom and understanding who Jesus is and how we would define him. Let's continue. Let's look at verses 6 through 9. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. There's so much in these passages. As I read this, the first thing I see is that it is man's job to go out and tell the hope of Jesus. We are messengers, just as John the Baptist was here. We're sent by God to go out and share the light, to reveal the truth that through faith in Jesus, 
all may have their sins forgiven. Looking back at the passages, I also noticed some really important words in verse 7. Look at verse 7. What word do you think I picked out? I picked out a word. Who can come to faith? You see that? It says, all. All might believe. That's beautiful. I love reading that, that all might believe. So this message of Jesus is for all, all that would believe. As I read more, I, I love reading how we are to share the light of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus through our testimony. Which again, if we are to share Jesus through testimony, how would you define your faith? Because if we're supposed to share a testimony, we must define who that is. Turn, uh, let's turn back to Matthew. I want to look at a few verses in Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on the hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. All Christians, all believers are to be revealers of the light of the world. We are the ones to help reveal the hope of Jesus. Turn back again. I want to look at another verse. Isaiah. A lot of verses today. Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. So the question as we read these verses is, are you telling those around you about the light of Jesus? And how, how are you sharing your faith with the lost? Go back to John and look again at verses 8 and 9. Because we're going to see a great truth. It says, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. It continues, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I love this because it says very clearly that John was not the light, but the only one who got, but God would use people like John to point people to the light. We must remember this. We can't save anyone. We are to share the testimony of who Jesus is, and we're to point people to Jesus. We share the truth of Jesus, but it is Jesus who actually saves. We need to point the lost to the hope that is found in Jesus. Point them to the light. It's like John the Baptist. He says, I'm not the light, but I point people to Jesus. Let's continue. Look at verses 10 and 11. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. So we see here the truth of Jesus continues to be shared, that the word now has become flesh, become a man, united with man, one person, 100% God, 100% man. And God's promise here we see has been fulfilled. But yes, he's, he's filled this promise to his people, the people here, the people that should have recognized Jesus, that should have been worshiping Jesus. In fact, they rejected him. But we know that's what's going to happen as it's foretold in the Bible. So let's continue. look at verses 12 through 13. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. As I read this, I said these were hard-hitting truths as I saw it. 
You wonder, why do I say that? What did I see there that would cause me to say that? Why would I say there's some hard-hitting truths here? Why? What do you see there? I see the word and in the verse. You see that? It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him. You see that in that passage? Only by believing and accepting Jesus do we then become, look at verse 12, children of God. To come to faith, we must confess Jesus Christ, our Lord. We then give ourselves as a living sacrifice, and then we are adopted into the family. Just believing Jesus is who he said he is isn't enough. We know Satan knows who Jesus is. But those who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior will then inherit the kingdom. I think that and is so important for us to know. A born-again person is a new creation in Jesus, we see here in these verses. We are born, and it's amazing. It says we are born into a spiritual family of God. So we have all been called out to go out to the world and share who Jesus is. But what's required to be to come to faith... Once you're, you're reborn, born again, turn to Galatians 3.26. 3.26. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, we all love this verse when we read this. This is wonderful. But look at verse 27. And all who have been in, united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. As I look at this, I see it's in faith... We believe, but we also must surrender before the cross, bowing or surrendering our lives to God, and then we become united in him. Turn back to John, chapter 1. Let's look at 14 and 15. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. John, he continues in the passages to testify, to tell about who Jesus is in verse 14. Again, we see who is Jesus? Is God incarnate here on earth? I just, I love this verse because I imagine God coming to you know, when you, I think about God coming to the earth, I think of judgment. That's what I think. But that's not what happened here. Jesus, when he came, he sought to reconcile us each to God, to, to fix that relationship. And we see in the passages, and we know, when he came, he showed unfailing love and faithfulness. There was not judgment. The glory of God came to save us, not to condemn us. I just, I love that, because I don't know if I think of God coming here to earth. I always think kind of revelation and end times. But when we see Jesus, we see one that came with love and forgiveness and the message of hope. In fact, turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, which he holds the whole body together and joins in ligament and grows as God nourishes it. As I read this, I just I remember, this is the Jesus I serve, the one who gave life for each one of us, the one that took our place on the cross. Look, if you're backing down, look at verse 15. 
I just love the example that's given here. How he says that. He's look at verse 15. John testified when shouting to the crowds. You know, I pray that each of us, as John shouted to testify, that would be our response. Would we go out into the world and shout about Jesus, to share the testimony of Jesus? Let's finish up with the last few verses here, 16 through 18. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. God's promise was fulfilled through Jesus, and through faith, each one of us is given salvation, love, hope, mercy, forgiveness. All these things have been revealed to each of us through Jesus. Well, look at just another verse real quick. I know we're looking at a lot of verses today, but I just found this uh, so important. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're all called to share the hope, the gospel, to the world. Again, I ask you, how would you define your faith in Jesus? Can you define Jesus? Who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? Who is the one that you say is Lord? Who is the God that we each worship? Who is the God that each of us surrender our lives to daily? How will you share your faith with the lost? As we read the passage today, we see, we know that Jesus is the Word. We saw and we know that He is God. We read and we know that He is infinite. We know that He is outside time. We know He is the Creator. We know that Jesus is the very one who gave life. We know through the passages that he is light, we know he is the revealer. We know that he is the one that's full of love and faithfulness. He is the one who gives the right for each of us to become a child of God. He is the one that gave his life for each one of us. He is the one who defeated death, defeated sin. Jesus is the one who saves, and God is revealed to us through Jesus. So as we defined our faith there, I also read in a, one of my Bibles I was reading, the commentary. I'd like to share it with you because I just, uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I'd like to read it from you as they defined Jesus, the one that we served. It says, He spoke and galaxies whirled into place. Stars burned in the heavens and planets began orbiting their suns. Words of awesome unleashed, unlimited power. He spoke again, and the waters and the lands were filled with plants and creatures, running, swimming, growing, and multiplying. Words pulsing life, breathing. As he spoke, a man and woman were formed, thinking, speaking, and loving. Words of personal and creative glory, eternal, infinite, unlimited. He was, is, and always will be the maker and Lord of all that exist. 
And then he came in the flesh to a speck in the universe called the planet Earth. The mighty creator became part of the creation, limited by time and space and susceptible to aging, sickness, and death. But love propelled him, and he, became, he came to rescue and save those who were lost and give them the gift of eternity. He is the Word. He is Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. A great definition. As we close up today, I'd like to close with one verse. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. I hope today as we looked at John 1, 1 through 18 that you have a better description of who Jesus is, that you'd be able to define your faith. You know, as I read this, and I walked through all the different trials that we face here on earth and all the different problems that we endure, what it comes down to me as I face these different things is the foundation of who I have placed my faith in to define who Jesus is. Because if I can understand who God is, who Jesus is, when I face all these problems that we face in in this fallen world, I know who Jesus is. I know he's all-knowing. I know he's the creator of all things. I know he's the one that's full of love and faithfulness. And it can always go back to that foundational truth of who I've placed my faith in and who God is. And that, that's what gets me through so often because I don't understand why these things happen in our lives. I don't understand why these things happen in our world, why there's sickness, why there's war, why there's all these death, and why there's all these problems. But when I can look back at the foundational truth and define who I've placed my faith in, I, I have hope. I have faith. And I can have peace knowing who God is and what he's done for each one of us. So I hope that uh, you have a little bit better understanding just how big our God is. And when we talk about Jesus, it's so critical because so many people have twisted what a Christian is or even who Jesus is in our society. There's so many cults that have taken it, and Satan's got a hold of them and used it in ways to trick people up. So we see here through the word that Jesus is God, and it is only through him that we can be saved and only through faith in him that we can be saved. So if you want to define your faith, if you want to know more about the God that we serve, we need to dig deep into the word. We need to read our Bibles. We need to study our Bibles because through God's word, he will reveal more to us and define who he is daily to each one of us through his Holy Spirit. And to me, as years go on, the more that I can understand who God is, the easier for me it is to continue just to walk in faith through this world that we live in. So please pray with me and we'll continue our worship service. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for these words, Lord. As we look at these words on pages in our Bibles, Lord, you just speak to us through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we'd come to understand it is Jesus, Lord. That's who our faith is placed in. But we can look and see who you are, that you are God. You are the one who saves. You're the one that created existence. You're the one that spoke everything known into existence. You're the one that even spoke time and created time. You're the one that gives life. And being that, that big a God, Lord, then we see you came to earth. You came to save us, Lord, to pay the price of our sins, Lord, because you knew that's what it would take so we could have that relationship with the Father. So, Lord, as I think about this, I just try to comprehend in my mind and expand my mind to think how big 
how amazing you are, yet you love each one of us personally, knowing every smallest minute detail about each one of us. It just gives me hope, Lord. It gives me hope as I walk through all these difficult things in the world around us, knowing that the God that big is with us, living with us, in us, guiding us, speaking to us, comforting us, loving us. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to each one of us, Lord, and just share with each one of us a little more of how we would define our faith and who we are in you and who you are. So we love you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. I just want to pray especially today for all my friends in Myanmar. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, lift them up and they would see that hope of Jesus and their faith would be defined more and more of who they are in you and what you've done for each one of them. And Lord, there's many out there, maybe they don't know you today. And maybe they've heard a lot of stories about what a Christian is or what a Christian isn't or who Jesus is. But Lord, that you would speak the truth of who you are to them through your word. They would dig, they'd pick up a Bible, Lord, and they'd read, and your Holy Spirit would reveal to them who you are and what you've done for each one of us. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, and I just ask for a blessing on this time and the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.